the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Keeping the main thing the main thing. That is coming up next here on Times of Refreshing. It is amazing how many churches generate motivational speakers. And boy, we can talk about anything and everything under the sun when it comes to preaching on any given Sunday in these churches. But at the end of the day, where's Jesus in all of it? And that is the call that Scripture rings loud and clear. Preach Christ. That's the title of our message today. And this is Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well. Christian community in Livermore, California. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through 10. That's where Pastor Napoleon is right now on today's Times of Refreshing. It says here in verse 4, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4, he says, Coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. He says, You also... As living stones are being built up a spiritual house. Somebody say spiritual house. A holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is also contained in the scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious. But to those who are disobedient, now look at this, y'all. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. Somebody say rock of offense. He says, they stumble, being disobedient to the word to which they were also appointed. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained what? Mercy. Okay, so when we look at this, it's, it's interesting. A couple things that I want to draw from this. Number one is that the enemy, he wants us to get to a place of complacency in our walk with Christ so that we stop sharing our faith and being open. And some of that happens because, quite frankly, people just become, they become bored in their Christian life. Their walk with Christ is, is in their mind, boring, and with the media and with the, the, the various forms of entertainment and different things, the enemy, he, 
if we don't have a high level of stimulation within our churches or within our, you know, our Christian walks, we go down this road where we start telling ourselves that it's boring. It's boring. And so people get bored with just walking with God, just enjoying God, allowing God to, to display to them the splendor of his person, which which oftentimes, saints, isn't some big bang, you know, stimulating thing that calls you, but just waking up in the morning and feeling God's presence, knowing that he walks with you and he's talking with you and that he's leading you through life. We should never get bored of the presence of God. We should never get bored of just the discovery of God through the scriptures and how he reveals himself to us on a day-to-day basis. Stop thinking that God is in the business of entertaining you. His, his, his desire is to walk with you, to live with you, to talk to you. And it just becomes your lifestyle just to walk with God. And to become a, Abraham believed God. He became a friend of God. That you become a friend of God just by walking with God and developing your relationship on a day-to-day basis. And it's not something spectacular that God has to do in your life all the time to keep you interested. Can I have an amen, y'all? And, and, and churches shouldn't be in this. And it's a shame because we see a lot of this. We get into this entertainment mode where we got to keep the people interested. Well, my question is, if, you, if you're not just, if we, listen, if you're not just interested in God and enjoying your relationship with God, it doesn't matter what we do. And you have to remember this. And this is what Pastor James Davis told me years ago. He says, son, be careful because whatever you win a person with, you got to keep them with it. I never forgot that. I always remember that. Whatever you win them with, so if you win them with gimmicks and, and stuff and pizza giveaways and you give them and coffee and, you know, if you win them with all this stuff, I want to I wanna see people won to Christ. Can I have an amen? And so what happens is, what happens is, is this. We, we got to get out of this mode and understand that Jesus wants to walk with you every day. People get bored. They just get bored of just watching. Oh, that's the same song. Well, every time you sing that song, there's more revelation that God wants to give you of his person. And while you're praising God, God is working on you. Can I have an Amen. And so what happens is we have to understand that God's not in the business of entertaining us. He wants to walk with us. He wants to live with us. It's like you, you have become married to Christ. Marriage isn't, and me and my wife, we talk about that. Marriage is a grind. It's work. It's, it's, marriage isn't, you know, your honeymoon is over, baby. Okay, now you got to work it out. And you have two imperfect people joining themselves to a perfect covenant. And when you start working it out with people, some, hey, there's friction. But how many know iron sharpens iron? Can I have an amen? And you get in there and you start grinding away and you start finding out things about yourself you didn't even know was in there. And your spouse finds out things that they didn't even know was in there. But when God takes you and this person and starts rubbing you against each other a little bit and you start finding out that this is work and it's not always, and sometimes it's not when your spouse walks in the door, you don't just melt like wax every time. (laughs) 
Me and my wife been together almost 30 years. You know, now, now you guys know how I feel about my bride. I love her. But when I walk in the door, she doesn't always melt like wax. When I walk in, sometimes she says, you need to clean up the closet. <laughs> you know, it's called life, y'all. Look at your neighbor and tell me it's called life. It's called life. It's called... Well, your walk with Christ is like that. It's a walk. Sometimes God's pulling on you. Sometimes he's working on you. Stop looking for the... Now watch this, y'all. Stop looking for the next high in God. He's not, he's not trying to make you high. Stop looking for the next high in God. Look for God, you with me every day. And you're right by my side. And you're going to walk with me. I know you're there. And God's going to lead you through life. And there's going to be mountaintop moments. But then there's times when God takes you down and he takes you through some valleys. And you go through that with him. And he shows you the different dynamics of his very person and who he is. And he's disclosing himself to you. Not just on the mountaintop, but when you get down into the valley, he's showing you who he is. God, God took Moses up in the mountain. He said, here I am up here. But then he took him down into the desert and said, I'm here right here. You strike that rock and see what happens. I'm here too. What happens is it becomes life for you. Your Christianity becomes life. I just walk with God. You just walk with God. You live with God. And then God, he shows you those moments. Praise God for that. But once you get done, when you get back from the, the trip in, for, to Peru and all that, get back in the grind and keep on grinding. It's not about what people think. People get bored. They get bored. Bored with the worship. Bored with the this. And we got to get out of this. We've, we've created a culture where everything is entertainment. Everything is overstimulation. Everything is hype. Everything is instead of just living for God and living with God. In the quiet and the cool of the garden. Can I have an amen, y'all? And then... What happens is, and we're going to see this, is another thing that happens, though, that is dangerous for Christians is that Christians, they get scared. They won't talk about God because they're born and, you know, ah, you know. And then they won't talk about God because people, are, they're afraid. They're afraid of people's responses. They're afraid. The Apostle Peter is great because in this passage of Scripture, he begins to talk about this. He says, we are coming to him as to a living stone. That, that Jesus came to God our Father as a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God our Father and precious. You also as living stones, he's talking to us, are being built up a spiritual house. You and I are, and the church, individually and corporately, we become a spiritual house. You become a dwelling place individually for the presence of God. When we gather together, we become a, a ch local church is a dwelling place or a habitation to reveal God's presence and power. We're living stones. He's putting us together. We're being built together. He says a, up a spiritual house. He says a holy priesthood. We offer up sacrifices. We don't offer up rams and lambs. Jesus Christ was the fulfillment of those things. But now we offer up 
our praise. We offer up our service. We offer up, operate, offer, offer up those things that are precious in the sight of God. Spiritual sacrifices to God. He says a holy uh, priesthood. To, he says to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. He says in verse 6, Therefore it is also contained in the scriptures, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he who believes in him will by no means be put to shame. He says, Therefore to you who believe he is precious, but those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. And a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense. Oh, offense. Offense. And so now this tells me that God has not called us to be offensive. But Christ is a rock of offense. This is what I'm saying. You can preach the gospel and do it in a classy and professional way under the inspiration of the Spirit of God and not have it in your heart to be offensive. But built in to your relationship with Christ, we have to understand He is the rock of offense. So there's going to be people in your life because of your relationship with Christ that are going to be offended at Him and at you because of your relationship. Now, we have some people that have taken this scripture to mean that it's our job to go off and be offensive. Can I have an amen? amen. To go off and be obnoxious. Like some of these people, you know, they'll go to, dead, go to a person that's having a funeral and, and all y'all going to hell and, you know, do, do ignorant stuff. That's not, that, they don't understand the scripture. We're not talking about that. But, but there has to be a place in our heart where we understand that rejection, offense, is built into the new covenant with Christ as it pertains to our relationship with, with people that don't know Christ. That some people are going to be offended at you because you're connected to him. Because he's the rock of offense. And some people, now watch this because this is what I really wanted to get to with this message here this morning. Some people, they don't want to feel the sting of that offense. So their lifestyle in Christ is filled with compromise. It's filled with watering down. It's filled with not really wanting to let people know the full extent of their relationship with Jesus Christ because that might, make, that might push some people away from me that I don't want to leave my life. And so what happens is that people get to a place in their lives where they'd rather offend God than offend man. And, and so as a result of that, from the pulpit all the way down, you see individuals, they start to shrink back about telling, them, telling people about, you know, their relationship with Jesus. Why? Because he's a rock of offense. Why? If I tell them, they're not going to give me the job. If I tell them, they're not going to invite me over for Christmas. If I tell them, they may, they may get upset. If I tell them, they, they, my friends may not want to hang out with me. If I tell them, and what happens is a person goes through this turk of war. Well, now they, 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 they know in their private time, I, I really want to know you, God. But when they get out in public, 
They're not as bold to tell people about their relationship with God and how much they really do love the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, we have to break this off the church because the devil, he wants to make things so hostile out there in the streets towards Christ that we're afraid, that we get afraid to share our faith boldly and to communicate the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. And so this is why the Apostle Paul says in verse 7 to 8, he says, Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious. But to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble being disobedient to the word to which they were also, he says, appointed. You have to understand that God has already declared it. There's going to be people that love him, walk with him. There's going to be people that don't. I want to make sure that I stand on the side of of destiny that aligns with God's perfect will. Which means that I'm going to make sure that I always am bold to speak concerning my relationship with Christ. And that I am not afraid. God is not giving you the spirit of fear. But a power and love and a sound mind. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. God has not given us a spirit of fear. But people get afraid. You know, I'm not saying be, be, be obnoxious. What I am saying is that when it comes down to people knowing where you stand, there should be no confusion. I am a man of God and I serve the, lead, the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, it has to be clear. Well, what's happened is even in the pulpits today, we don't even say Jesus anymore. We, well, God loves you. And God, well, well, let's, talk, let's talk about, well, wait a minute. God has given Jesus the name that is above every name. So can we mention the name Jesus Christ up in this church too? Can I have an amen, y'all? We got to get back to being bold and sharing our relationship and intimacy with Jesus. The devil will convince you, don't say that. Don't say his name. Don't tell people that you're a Christian. And what he wants to do is he wants us to get to a place where, like I said earlier, where we're willing to offend God because we don't want to offend man. But Jesus is the rock of offense. I'm not telling you to go off and make it your aim to now be offensive to everybody. I am saying that as you go out to live your life in your sincerity with your relationship with Jesus Christ and are bold to talk about him, that there's going to be offense. Because that's the way that this thing is built. And so for us, we have to make sure we get back to a place because, now watch this, this is important. Because this word, offense, is tied to the word indignation. Offense causes indignation. Okay? It causes, offense causes indignation. When the Jesus walked upon the streets of Jerusalem, people were mad at him. The Pharisees and the religious people were mad at him. They had an ungodly indignation that was that was released towards him to the point where their anger and bitterness and hatred towards Christ led him to the cross. And there's going to be times when people are going to be mad at you for your relationship with Christ and they don't even really know why. 
Can I have an amen, y'all? I know I'm preaching right now. That they don't, they don't even know why. People just get angry at you. Like, who do you think you are? And, and you, you're not that holy. And people will get upset and, and, and angry about it. And they'll look at you. And what we have to do is make sure that we don't return evil for evil. But we overcome evil with good. And we make sure that we keep our hearts pure so that what's on them doesn't get on us. But we have to expect that, hey, people might get mad about this. I'm going to say something that's going to shake up the little apple cart here. And it's going to, you know, it's going to shake up this little thing they got going on here. And I'm going to share the gospel. Or I'm going to share the gospel. This person's going to get saved. And this is the person that was keeping everybody going back and forth. Or they were making money using this person. They got saved. And then who they're going to be mad at? They're going to be mad at you. You have to understand that's built into the relationship that you have with God. But we cannot be afraid. We cannot be afraid. I'm, I'm going to keep pounding this because right now the enemy wants to make the church afraid. To get us scared to share our faith. We're in the Bay Area. This is one of the most unchurched, you know, places on the planet. And what happens is we get out here and we get into these cities. We get in these buildings. We get in people. And, and people start saying things to us. And then if you're not watchful, well, maybe, maybe I need to dial it. I'm going to dial it back. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to tell them, you know. I'm going to dial it back. You know, I don't, I don't want anybody to, you know, you know this, is, this is hostile territory. You know, I don't want everybody attacking me. And the angel's sitting there looking at you like, come on, man. Where's your spine at? The angels are ready to fight. Can I have an Amen. The angels are ready to, to back you up, and the Holy Ghost is ready to back you up. But then we, well, you know, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, my personality, I'm, I'm real docile by nature, you know. <laughs> we got to step up and understand that it's built into the covenant. Your relationship with Christ is going to bring offense, but we can't be scared. Can I have an amen? Let's go to Philippians, the book of Philippians chapter 1, and we're going to see this. We're going to build on this. Because watch what the Apostle Paul says concerning this. Chapter 1. People are bored and they are scared. We're going to break that off of us this morning. And to make sure that we preach Christ and are not ashamed of the gospel. Look what it says here. Book of Philippians chapter 1 verse 12. The Apostle Paul says this. He says, but I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. He says, so that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. And most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without what? Fear. He says, some indeed preach Christ even from envy and strife, and some also from good word, uh, goodwill. The former preach Christ from selfish ambition, 
Not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my chains, but the latter out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. He says, what then? He says, only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And in this I rejoice, yes, and will rejoice. Now this is powerful when you think about the apostle Paul's life. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He persecuted people that were a part of the way or who were Christians. He saw them get thrown into prison. And he was a part of this whole activity of, because his heart was filled with indignation. He was offended at Christ and those who were aligned with Christ. He went from city to city searching for people that were aligned with Christ so that he could throw them in jail. His indignation was high. He was very, very passionate about stamping out Christianity. Jesus meets him on the road to Damascus, knocks him off his beast. Right then and there, he makes a decision to commit his life to Christ. He never turns back from that moment. And he begins to walk with Christ. Thank you for joining us for Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. This program is a production of The Well Christian Community, and we pray this message has blessed you in a special way. If it has, please let us know by contacting us today. You can write to us at The Well Christian Community, 2333 Neeson Drive. We're here in Livermore. The zip code is 94551. You can also contact us by phone at 925-292-7800. That's 925-292. 292-7800. Learn more about us as well as drop us an email at our website, thewellchurch.net. Again, that's thewellchurch.net. On our website, you can also click on the link to access our page on Facebook or search for The Well Christian Community while you're on Facebook. You can also follow Pastor on Twitter with the address at Napoleon Kaufman, all one word. And then we would invite you to join us again next time as we continue our studies in God's Word for times of refreshing. Until then, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life, and may He bring you a peace that passes all understanding. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.